and you're listening to We Are History Podcast with me, Angela Barnes. And me, John O'Farrell. And this is a podcast where we, we delve into bits of history uh, that we find interesting, right, John? We'll read something and... You think, well, how many people want to read a whole book about that? Uh, yeah. It might be something you've heard of but didn't really know the context or uh, maybe something you haven't heard of. But I'm pretty sure you would have heard of this bloke. Yeah. Because his name was Dracula. Dracula. You uh, can't say it just normally, Dracula. can you? Dracula. Now, uh, <laughs> also known by the less appealing name of Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> now, that wasn't his real name, was it? That wasn't nominative determinism. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, no, that wasn't his oh, Mr. Impaler. Uh, Mr. Impaler, <laughs> what did you do? Well, I, I it seemed my career path was set out for me. Now, Vlad the Impaler, who's... Uh, I should just say quickly that the name Dracula... You know, doesn't mean he was a vampire or that he, uh, you know... He's uh, not a vampire, that's a, it, I'm he, out. I'm he honest. didn't turn into a bat. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't Michael Howard from the Conservative <laughs> Party. Um, no, his father was uh, Dracul, which is from the Latin for dragon, Draco, as in Draco mm-hmm. Malfoy, you know. And uh, You say that, I've never read a Harry Potter. No, neither have I, but, but, but I'm, I'm a grown-up. I've, <laughs> I've heard that character. Um so um, his father was in the Order of the Dragon, which was this bunch of uh, European royalty that was sort of uh, got together to oppose the rise of the Ottoman Empire in Europe. So he was Dracul. His son was Dracula, which was the how the sort name, patronymic yeah, patronymic sort of thing. thing that I never understand. Uh, so Bram Stoker, when he came to write the Dracula books, he just thought, oh well, uh, there's this infamous king from Romania mm-hmm. in the olden days. I'll use that name for my vampire. So. Right. He, you know, his two names are Vlad the Impaler or Dracula. Uh, and, <laughs> a bad uh, rep, this guy, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and it's not good. So let's, do, do you want to put a bit of context in where we were, Angela, or when it was? So or... we're we're in Romania, but at the time, I believe, we're, it was sort the, of Kingdom of Hungary. Wallachia is the actual territory. Wallachia, right. So Hungary was sort of above them. Uh, it's all very co- uh, confusing, that sort of Eastern European, every, the Balkans, borders changing. They every were changing all the time. and there were Five lots. minutes. So the, the Kingdom of Poland reached right down there at that point. Yeah. But the big um, issue of the mid-1450s was the rise of the Ottoman, Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire, yeah. So, so that was the sort of Muslim Turks, yeah. essentially, who yeah. were building an empire too. So the, the fall of Constantinople. Can't say that. Istanbul, not Constantinople. Yes, right. No, I can't say Constantinople without thinking of the song. Oh, right. Constantinople <laughs> fell in 1453. Right. Uh, that was a big deal for Europe. And some people uh, uh, mark the end of the medieval period as the fall of the capital of the old Byzantine Empire. So that empire yeah. was the old Eastern Roman Empire that carried on right through from the Romans, uh, named after Emperor Constantine. You know, the, the Western Roman Empire collapsed, you know, in the... Uh, dark ages in, yeah. in Western Europe, but it carried on right up until this point uh, uh, for a thousand years. Yeah. And uh, it fell in 1543 with the fall of uh, Constantinople when it was overrun by the Ottoman Turks, Sultan. That was the big superpower of the region, really. So yeah. all of that is in this context. So back in England in 1443. Yeah, what's going on here? Well, this is all going on in Eastern Europe. Mad Henry VI, uh, you know, howling at the moon. Yeah. Not fit for governance. Uh, War of the Roses. Yeah. It's sort of... Um, uh, the end of the was what we'd call the late Middle Ages in England. Yeah, uh, America hadn't yet been discovered, uh, and things were still very. How can I put this? Still very primitive in Europe. Yeah, impaling wasn't invented <laughs> by Vlad. He just made it made very it much pop. his own. <laughs> so um, uh, his dad had been uh, his dad had been ruler of Wallachia. 
Right. Uh, and um, he was also Vlad. He was also Vlad. It's, uh, uh, and interestingly enough, Vlad's brother, younger brother, was Radu. Radu, his yeah. His name was Radu the Handsome. The Handsome. He got the good deal there, didn't he? he? Did. It's like, why did Dad, why does everyone prefer Radu the Handsome to Vlad the Impaler? <laughs> I don't know, son. It's just, he's a good-looking lad, your brother, and, and you do have this habit, you must admit. <laughs> you have driven a few stakes. <laughs> through, yeah, a actually. Few people. And also, by accounts... But, I mean, we don't know, obviously, but he wasn't as pretty, was he, old Vlad? No, you did send me a rather wonderful uh, a picture of uh, somebody had done up for Vlad the Inhaler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a modern, tweet that. A modern, I wish I'd send out the picture of a, a modern inhaler dressed up like oh. a Eastern European prince from the 1400s. But he but, was uh, said to look cruel yeah. in certain texts, I think, and, and had a moustache and a long nose and a yes. cruel face. And yes. So, you know... If your brother's Radu the Handsome and you look cruel, you're going to yes. be a bit bitter. Yeah, our, our image of Vlad comes to us from a collection of paintings that was uh, gathered by a German prince. And it was of uh, hideously defigured people, bearded ladies, Ugh. midgets. <laughs> I'm in my uh, 40s. I don't find them yeah, disgusting Yeah, I know. That's, but this guy <laughs> had a very uh, unpolitically correct view of uh, the human uh, human form. Yeah. So. He had he he kept a collection of what he called uh, monsters and freaks. And Vlad was in and there. Vlad was in there just as a as one of the cruelest rulers of all time. So that's how wow. we, that's how that his his picture uh, sort of has survived, I think. So he grew up in um, in in you know a fairly weak little kingdom of Wallachia, surrounded with you know powerful Hungary, Poland, but mainly the Ottoman Empire. His mm. dad uh, had to leave Vlad and his brother in uh, Constantinople. With the at, Ottomans? With the Ottomans as hostage. Right. To show that he was... So uh, that he could regain his... Yeah, to secure throne, the loyalty. Yeah. To secure the loyalty of, uh, of uh, Vlad the Senior. The Ottomans kept the sons. But then Dad oh, yeah. went allied with the Poles and the local Saxons against the Ottomans. So basically said, if he has to kill my sons, they have to kill so my sons. So be it. Wow. So that must have taught young Vlad a lesson or two about how much he about was humility. loved. <laughs> about, humanity. About, yeah. Uh, so imagine that. Yeah. yeah, that's got to have an effect on you. And and by all accounts, Vlad's as well. While so him and his brother Radu the Handsome. Yeah, actually, were, I think it was his older brother. Ended up or was it his killed. older brother? Yeah, I think his older brother got killed. So his older brother would have inherited the throne. He was buried alive. Yeah, I read about that. But Radu was also held by the uh, Ottomans, I think, because yeah. he Radu sort of succumbed to it. He acquiesced. He learnt yeah. to speak Arabic. He right. Um, but in fact, I believe he converted to Islam. Right. And whereas Vlad he didn't, he, resisted right. the whole time was and, and um, yeah. was punished for doing so. And right. I think some people believe that that's where his... So tell us, Vlad, where do you get all your hostility from? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as, as a, a child, child, my father abandoned me. Father, I thought father, I'd have a field day with he him. He would, and my older brother was buried alive by the boyars, the local nobleman. So yeah. uh, when Vlad sees the throne, first time in... Uh, 1448. He came to it with a certain amount of bitterness and uh, and uh, scores to settle. Mm. Now I'm not actually sure when he really got going with the old impaling because he, Vlad had the throne three times, Wallachia. Yeah, there was a lot of toing and throwing and yeah. unseating and yeah. I don't stuff think going on at the I don't time. think the throne was quite as we have. I yeah, understand it here. A strong word. It's, yeah, I yeah. think it was like um, the nobleman will agree who their ruler is. It's a bit like the yeah. Saxons before the Norman invasion. Is that it's not father to son, father to son. They get together and they go this prince or that prince. Right. Um, yeah. I thought you were going to say this prick or that prick. Well, <laughs> maybe in some cases it was. So it was sort of 
in the gift of the nobleman and he managed to get it with an army so he got it right. gifted to him but because it was in the gift of the nobleman Vlad thought I'll kill all the noblemen how, <laughs> then they can't take I, it away from how, him Vlad the Impaler how are you going to kill all these noblemen let me see <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we laugh I think we have to say don't we like I know we're laughing at horrific we are but you know it's 1400s it is, yeah it's a comedy is tragedy plus, plus time. time and this exactly. is a lot of time um so he impaled all the noblemen he had them for a great big feast probably had nice dessert you know maybe mints oh he fed them first that? that's yeah nice. lovely slap up meal and it's like should we get this no 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 don't worry <laughs> But why are your soldiers all carrying in all these big uh, sharpened steaks, uh, Vlad? <laughs> Before, do you eat oh. meal steak? No, I'm sorry. That's no, terrible. That's, that would have been a joke like that. You would have been impaled on the I spot. I would. I yeah. deserve it. Impale me now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he had the noblemen all impaled and uh, put on display, you know, in his courtyard and on the hills around his castle. Um, that, uh, so that sent a message to his people of the type of ruler they were dealing with. He yeah, then if appointed. You're, if you're wandering past his house and you're seeing a few noblemen on stakes, you might think twice about having a go, mightn't you? It really was that random. So mm. he would impale people for all sorts. And his methods little... of impaling even were. So he would go. I mean, we'll get. Should we get graphic? Let's get graphic. Get a bit graphic. That's what people he have would... tuned in. They're not interested in the geopolitics in of Wallachia. Who cares about whether it was Hungary or Wallachia or Romania? Oh. So they want to hear about so he, he would impale men through their anus, women through their vagina. Ah, see, I didn't even get that detail. Oh, yeah. And what he would do, he would impale them sort of as they're lying down. Okay. And then stand them upright so the weight of their own bodies right. would slowly really? impale them. So they'd be really slow to... Right. And, and he, he'd just and leave the, them there. And then he didn't... Sometimes he'd impale people sideways through the stomach as well, I think. There's some right. pictures of... Maybe that's just the woodcuts that survive. Yeah. But he didn't just impale people. Oh, no. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. He boiled people alive. Yeah. Uh, he would have uh, special holes cut in the wooden lid so that their heads could be above... Uh, and visible whilst they were boiled. Well, because if you're boiling someone alive, you're going to want to see the look on their face. Well, that's sort of what he wanted to do, I yeah. think. So this is a fairly oh. sick individual who had power over the Wallachians at this point. He would uh, burn people. So there were, he, he gathered together all the beggars and the gypsies, I think is what he would have called them. We'd probably call them something else them, now. Though. He fed he them, He fed them first. Another big feast. Again, a lot of waste of food, you know. Uh, <laughs> And that's yeah, not his worst of his yeah. crimes, though, is it? It's not the worst of it, the waste of the food. Uh, yeah, I think the food waste is a bit low down the hierarchy of <laughs> so he, bad yeah, stuff he did. He fed up, he, all the beggars and the and the uh, the travellers or whatever he wouldn't have called them. Yeah. Um, he put them into and set them and burned them all alive. So you give the them a big meal. Big meal. Lock all the doors. Feed them up. There you are. You've been looked after now, aren't you, Lucky? Yeah. Lock the doors. Burn the whole lot of them alive. Burn the lot of them down. So, yeah, paling wasn't his only thing. He roasted people, burnt people. He uh, roasted children and fed them to their mothers. God. That's, that's uh, quite a that's, statement, yeah, isn't that's it? Yeah, uh, I suppose if you're talking about uh, somebody who is like a modern-day serial killer or a psychopath, this one happened to have, you know, an army to yeah. do his bidding. And so he could carry out the, the most depraved and, uh, you know, horrific and imagination. horrific numbers of people. Yeah. I think estimates are between forty and 100,000. Victims. Yeah, victims. in a population of half a million of what a cheer. So that is, uh, that's that's a pretty terrifying place to have lived in the 1450s. Uh, if you were, you know, unfortunate enough to be born in that part of the world, you couldn't just move or, you yeah. know, uh, uh, get on a got an easy jet plane to um, 
you know, to, to Luton. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, I think I'd rather take my chances. So the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 peasant, the peasants of um, uh, Wallachia lived in, you know, permanent fear of uh, impalement. Because oh, they he were would burn down villages? Yes. It was a one, trick of his. There's one story about the uh, lazy wife who, right. um, you know, his turn, not mine, but he saw a peasant whose tunic didn't adequately cover his body and that had been ripped. And he summoned the peasant with his wife and said, why are you a lazy wife? This man, uh, why do you not sew up his tunic? And uh, the, the man said, I'm very happy with my wife. She's a good wife and um, we, we are happy. He said, well, you should not have a lazy wife in my kingdom. So he impaled this wife, murdered her in front of the husband, and then, but then provided the husband with another wife and said, here, this will be your wife now. You be a better wife, otherwise you'll be impaled as well. So it's, I mean, the psychology of that. <laughs> it's so, I don't know where to start, really, because you know, I'm a feminist, John, you know. Right, and right. So he's, he's crossed a line now. He's crossed a line. <laughs> I, but what I find amazing is To say is that the man we're... should not do a bit of sewing yeah. is the worst thing for you, isn't it? That, that you, up till now, you were fine with him. But I now, it, but now but it's now come he's, on, mate. These gender stereotypes that he's, you know, for But it does make there. you just, you have to remember sometimes, I think, while we're still, you know, we're now in the 21st century yeah. and still fighting yeah. for equal pay and, yeah. and, you know, the Me Too movement and all this important yeah. stuff's going on. You do go... But over the centuries, we've come quite a long way. Well, you know. that people are rulers. I suppose it's, you know, there, there are, it's not within our parents' lifetimes. There was, you know, Auschwitz and yeah. Bellsberg and Belsen. So, and, and there's the, certainly the, parts of the world now where women yeah. are, you yeah. know, yeah. stoned for adultery. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's many horrific things going on around the world. But uh, yeah. we have a sort of presumption that you don't have the right to do these things in international law which didn't yeah. exist in 1450 yeah. the other feminist alarm bell went off for me was when uh, there was a there was an attack on the sultans that he organized and uh, they didn't manage to kidnap the sultan as they had planned mm. but anyone who was injured in the front was rewarded by uh, vlad right. for their bravery and their courage in battle anyone who was injured in the back was immediately impaled so who knows where they were? They might have been running forwards towards, but have been stabbed in the back. They might have made it to the front. That, well, just because their injury was in their back, not the front, they were immediately impaled. But if their injury was in the front, Good they God. were rewarded. And he said, anyone who had the injury in the back, he said, you are not a man, you are a woman. <gasps> and he had them impaled. So you were gasping there, Angela. It's, I don't know why I'm surprised <laughs> that Vlad the Impaler it was, was a bit such sexist. an arsehole. I don't so, know why it was it shocked me Vlad the Sexist, he should be called. It's, I was fine with him impaling all the men. but when... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but his attitude. I could get on board with that, yeah, John. Yeah. yeah. So I read, I mean, the trouble with these books, I read a couple of books on Vlad the Impaler, and they, because they're proper serious history books, they have to talk about the um, the alliances that are made and broken with Hungary and Poland and the Saxon kingdoms. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come we're, on. We're tell not us about, history, we're, we're, though, are we, John? We're not. We will just tell us about the impaling. Okay, so, we're, we're, we're interested in the impaling. But the right? impaling right. stuff was done sort of incidentally. It was like, uh, and there was a bit of stuff about, and this, you know, a bit of detail, but really people who were listening here are not interested in the power struggles of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, if you are, you can, you can Google it. You can, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Look up on Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, many different ways of killing people, bizarre ways of of, of killing people. I've, I've just looked at my notes. Yeah, go on. And seen the what I said before about the stake through the anus and vagina, yes. and then lifting yep. them up and letting them. Before that, he he would tie each victim's leg to a horse. Oh, that's right. I did read that. 
So that would have so that would be a faster one, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so people had to carry this out for him, I suppose. So your job was to, you know, to impale for Vlad the Impaler, which is a, a fairly, uh, you know, not something you pick out at the job centre, is it really? No, but if he's asked you to do it, you're not going to say like, no, are you? Well, it's funny that there was a there was a couple of monks he had, and um, wherever you saw Vlad or in his palace or his castle or whatever his castles they were, there would be impaled corpses rotting in the courtyard. And one monk wafted in front of his nose at the smell. And Vlad had him immediately impaled and said, wow. well, he said, there'll be less smell up there on the hill. So I'll put you up there on the hill and impale you there. There's a little sense of humour there, a bit of sense of humour there, Vlad. Oh, and there was another showing monk his there, lighter side. And the other monk there said, I think you've been sent by God to deal with all the evil in this manner. And it's like, Wait, what's that <laughs> I know. I think, I think tactically that was probably the better, yeah. the better move than uh, than wafting your nose. So he would have been pale people for the on the for the tiniest thing for the just for offending his for, yeah, delicate sensibilities for, for minding about rotting corpses on stakes all over the place. It's what might be called a narcissistic personality disorder. I think at well, least of these problems, I think. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, the impaling became, uh, as I say, it wasn't something he invented, but it's became his thing yeah and in um europe you know his reputation spread as this sort of a terrible king they didn't feel then the morality that we would have now if we've got to go in and stop this happening they were just like he is a cruel king the wallachians are suffering perhaps we can use this to our advantage and hopefully they will you know maybe they will rise up or um yeah. this might help us in the power politics of the place but you know we're, we're talking at a time when witches were being burned in Europe and um, yeah. people were beheaded and uh, uh, terrible cruelty was done right across the continent. So uh, we'll have a little break there, I think. Have a cup of tea and uh, uh, not feeling so much like a biscuit with all yeah, that impaling no, going maybe on. Maybe just a we'll have a glass feast. Of water. We'll have a feast. Angela's organised a feast there. for me. So. Uh, See what involves the, what comes after that. So, yeah, and then we'll, we'll give you more uh, gruesome detail uh, after this word from our sponsors. Uh, welcome back. We've had a cup of coffee, a couple of olives. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like the olives are a bit, they're not as nice. Not as you, nice as if we weren't talking about Vlad the Impact. If we were talking about, you know... The invasion of Iceland or something. That's nice, happy little... St- <laughs> but no, Vladimir Baylor puts you off your olives. Um, little. King of Wallachia, Prince of Wallachia, I think they called him, mm. uh, 1456 to, to 1462. And uh, one of the worst tyrants in history, I think most people would agree. He was always yeah. your go-to, you know, Mrs. Thatcher's the worst ruler since Vlad the Impaler. It was yeah, there's like, sort of, yeah, there's Thatcher, yeah. Hitler, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. The sort of triumvirate yeah. of Yeah, probably a bit hard on Thatcher, dudes. to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah. I did go to the zoo once and see an Impala, and I think it was called Vlad, <laughs> Vlad the Impala, which is a, a pun, I think, you know, to be saluted. Um, I can't think what an Impala is. Is it a sort of like deer-like thing? thing? Oh, sort of, llama, no, it's like... No, it's not. It's an African sort of deer thing. I yeah. Yeah. We were talking before uh, the break about the, um, you know, the, the the mindset of Vlad. Yeah. Uh, he was a, you know, a, a religious man. He had believed in the divine right of rulers. So he, yeah. his, his um, uh, God had sent him to this earth and God had sort of um, anointed his right to rule. So he believed, much like Charles I and the, what caused the English Civil War. Uh, but that, um, he was Orthodox. So he'd be like, you know, like Russian Orthodox or Greek Orthodox. Right. But later on, 
probably for political reasons, he converted to Catholicism. Okay. Now, that would have been a long confession, that first one, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, God, you're not <laughs> the priest like more, really? <laughs> you did, right. You did, well, it feels like more than a couple of Hail Marys for this yeah. one. <laughs> but I think for sort of political reasons, he converted to Catholicism uh, right. because of the Poles and the Hungarians and sort of he needed to for the alliances. But yeah, I, uh, it's hard to imagine squaring the Bible and Jesus, you know, what Jesus said is uh, forgive thy the sinner and hate the sinner, hate the sin, not the sinner. Squaring that with all the impaling and torture. Well, yeah, and also if you believe that you're elected, or not elected is the wrong word, but you you know, the divine right of kings yeah. and that, that you're, you've been brought by God, your actions are all yeah. because of the God that you worship. Do they just change your religion willy-nilly? I mean, I know it's still... Christian. Christianity. But his but, brother like went to Islam. But yeah, it does happen, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, um, you know, you do think, well, how, how but, much do you believe this? So if you can change your beliefs for political manoeuvrings. Yeah, I mean, yeah. his, but he had, a, he had this weird morality, you know. Mm. So you would think he was a completely amoral man. But he had this. There was one incident with a with a with the golden ducats where somebody was owed uh, a, a large amount of money by Vlad, some visiting ruler, and um, he left the uh, golden ducats out for him to uh, take back. And the man and he put an extra golden ducat in the pile, right. and the uh, diplomat or ambassador or whatever um, said, "Listen, all the money is there. I've checked. You actually." Gave me one ducat too many. He goes, well, that is very good because if you had not told me that I had, I would have impaled, I would have impaled you. you. I would have had you killed wow. for taking that extra ducat for yourself. So he set little tests like that. Um, he was he again bringing it back to the feminist thing, but he that. that oh, sort of, uh, will you shut up about it, Angela? No, I'm very interested, but, and, and I'm going to talk over when you talk. Yeah, if you, if you could mansplain this back to me once <laughs> yeah. I've finished. Um, I'm now manspreading him. <laughs> he he, his moral code, for want of a better yes. immoral code, maybe. Yes. But he had a real concern. Um, he felt that female chastity was important, and that um, he would punish women if they lost their virginity before marriage. He would right. punish women. We're talking about if, impaling here. Impaling. Right. Oh, yeah. Punish so, is a yeah, you know, soft very word euphemistic for software. A for gruesome, brutal death. So brutal. because it, So this is women who lost their virginity before marriage, who strayed during a marriage, right. or who were unchaste as widows. Gosh. So even when your old man died, you couldn't go and get a bit. Right. You know, And if he found that you had committed one of those mortal sins, yes. he would impale you again through the vagina, but this time with a red hot steak. My God, okay. Um, and cut off your breasts and force you to eat them. God, okay. This is a psychopath. I mean, psychopath isn't even a... No, it's not even an adequate word. No. But based on a moral code that he sort of, you know, believed was right. Yeah. So that's one thing that everyone, no one thinks they're evil. You know what I mean? So yeah. he he think he was doing good somehow. He was there. doing God's work. Yeah. That's insane, isn't it? It's like, it's like worse than the Spanish Inquisition. But, um, and yet in this moral code... It made people fearful of him, and so there was a water fountain in the in the capital, and there was a gold cup. He had a golden cup there, where people could drink from that fountain, and it was never stolen. So your conservatives would say, "Well, you see, if you have tough law and order policies, <laughs> people don't deal steal the golden cup by the water fountain." But yeah, tough on crime, tough you, on the cause. It was tough. It was tough on crime. That's he was tough on crime, old Vlad. And mm. um, but it was it was never it was never stolen. So um, another sort of quite. Tory. <laughs> so, not to bring party politics into this. I'm gonna. Um, after the, you know, the incident we talked about before with the beggars 
Um, yes, when the, yeah, yes, he, he killed all the beggars. Killed which is, all the beggars. I think his, the, uh, Windsor and Windsor and Maidenhead Council did that when uh, <laughs> when when uh, the, William was getting married. I think. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. They did. But then, he, so he did that. He lured all the beggars with a feast. Yeah. Burnt the thing down, and then claimed to have eradicated poverty. <laughs> that is which like, is, it's, I can know, imagine technically what he did. Yeah, and it reminds me a bit of the, yeah. the sort of zero hours contracts. You know, oh God, eradicating yeah, unemployment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of his one of the things that was uh, the, the accusations leveled against him was that he liked to wine and dine among the corpses. So he would feast surrounded by corpses and invite guests. Don't? Invite guests who, of course, had to try and disregard the stench of the rotting corpses. Getting that invite? Do like, come round to Vlad's for dinner tonight? <laughs> oh, not to Vlad, darling. We oh, went to him last time. It was awful. Darmic he's not, he's not only boring, but if you say something wrong, he impales you. Yeah. <laughs> Do we take a wine? Well, wine, take a good wine. Yeah, best, take, take, a, best take a good, good wine. wine. But yeah, so and so there was a famous uh, woodcut of him dining, surrounded by impaled peasants. And some people think this might have been a bit of uh, um, medieval spin. They never did do the wine and dining. It just made for a great woodcut. Right. But you have to, um, his reputation spread sort of, perhaps more than it might have done 100 years earlier, because this is just after the invention of the Gutenberg printing press. Right. So we had sort of uh, mass production of, books we say mass production but on you know on a medieval scale yeah. printing was a thing now and um, so these became bestsellers the stories and the poems about vlad right. they were sort of you know penny dreadfuls they were the yeah. um the video nasties of their day uh, with these pictures of impaled peasants on the front and the story of what he did these were these were spread about europe and his and his reputation went far and wide yeah. so for the locals later he became something of a folk, a folk hero yeah so western europe pretty much like you know, saw him for what he was. <laughs> they, they, Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, but the locals were going, yeah, but he's our, he's our Impaler. He's our, our, he's our local. Psychopath. He's our, <laughs> he's our celebrity. So, yeah. And, uh, but he was yeah, seen as a folk hero, seen as, uh, you know, protecting the region and the people. Right, well, at, yeah. At I mean, the time. And, yeah, um, so it's hard to sort of find a good side to it, though, really. We're doing our best here. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not sure. He, <laughs> pretty sure he's not still seen like that in... So uh, the other, I mean, the other, I've talked about the, uh, the the visitors who came for dinner. When the um, Ottoman ambassadors visited, mm. he was cross because they didn't remove their hats when they bowed before him, their turbans. Oh, so but the it, they, Sultan came in with his... No, it wasn't the Sultan, oh, some, no, ambassadors, the, the some ambassadors. Some ambassadors from, the, uh, from, from Constantinople, which has, you know, just been uh, become an Ottoman stronghold. Um, they came, you know, to, to his court. And he felt they should have removed their headgear. Right. But it wasn't a custom from where they came from to remove your turban. Sure. So he said, oh, it's not your custom to remove your headgear. Well, let me make them more permanently fixed for you. And he hammered in little nails. He had little nails hammered into their heads. Not great big... To fake. nail their turbans. He nailed their turbans to their heads. And they... To... No, what surprised me about this is what they didn't... I suppose they couldn't resist, could they? they no, they would have had soldiers impaled. holding them down. But they weren't impaled they just had little small nails yeah. so that they it probably did kill them i don't know once you have a nail put in your brain all over yeah but he was making a point you know yeah. and yeah. uh you know if you are visiting a wallachian <laughs> monarch and you don't take your turban off there's you a lesson for, it, really. yeah, there's a lesson for your listeners yeah. <laughs> um so so you know his his um his psych psychopathy was uh varied and interesting when he lost the throne uh, which he did in uh, 1462. Um, he was imprisoned under house arrest in the, under the Hungarian king. And, and rumour has it that he 
impaled little mice and small birds that he captures. That is the behaviour of a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That you, I mean, usually they start with the mice. Yes, right. Yeah, but he was like, oh, I can't do any peasants now. What am I going to do? So he would capture, catch mice. And so he obviously birds. had some yeah, it's, needs I, I think to fulfill. He, I don't think this is in dispute, yeah. Angelo. I think, I think he had some terrible sort of thing going on there. But he did manage to get the castle back. Um, the castle, he managed to get the throne back briefly in uh, 1476. So he had three spells as the right. ruler of Wallachia. Then after the third time, they go, oh, no, that, this is, no, no, we've <laughs> given you two now. chances, but <laughs> three chances and you haven't changed your ways. I, I'll try and do a bit less of the impaling. <laughs> um, he, he built a um, chapel with a special praying place where uh, people who had offended him could pray for forgiveness. Jesus. And there was a little trap door underneath it and he'd see the lever pull and he'd see them fall through onto the sharpened spikes underneath. So he did a lot of thinking about it. I mean, you have to construct that. That's yeah. quite a feat of yeah. engineering and logistics. Well, the logistics of it is a factor. So there must yeah. have been a, a sharpened stake industry in Wallachia. You yeah, know, who it, was whittling yeah. all the stakes? Yeah, and... that, this must have been a thing. There must have been loads of sort of carpenters going... And also he wasn't burying the body. Like he was just no. leaving them yeah. out on... Somebody described it contemporary at the time, described it as a forest, looking like a forest, forest of, of people on... Bodies. Right. Uh, so if you're yeah. a carpenter, yeah. you know, the demand for stakes was high. If you're a if you're a funeral director, you go, all these people are dumbing, but this, this, this isn't yeah, helping me at all. <laughs> this is not helping. So I bet the soil was fertile. Oh my god. That's a that's a yeah, that's a grim image. Yeah. Um, the amount of blood dripping into oh. the Wallachian sort of topsoil. Um lovely veggies. So when so the so you talk about the forest of bodies. So when finally the Sultan did invade, he got mm. to the capital. And there were so many rotting corpses around uh, the entrance to the castle that he turned back. He was like, yeah. I, I cannot be doing with right? this. Yeah, he's like, are we really going to occupy this place? It stinks of rotting yeah. corpses. It's so offensive to our eye. But um, Vlad claimed this as a, it's a victory. vindication of his policy. It's like, see, this is, my tactics have repelled the invader because I've got so many rotting of my own people on stakes outside the capital that he turned around and went back. And all those people didn't die in vain. They didn't. Well, it's, yes, no. <laughs> I'm, sure they, I'm sure they didn't uh, see it like that. Uh, they say absolute power, you know, corrupts absolutely. But, yeah. um, but is this somebody who, I mean, being born into a family where there is a descendant, you know, his father was... His father, I don't think his father was a particularly tyrannical... No. I didn't read anything about that. No, but I mean, if you if you're that he's obviously that way inclined, old Vlad. Be that a product of his upbringing, or be it that well, he's I, just a psychopath. I mean, if Fred West became a king, exactly, or if you know any other sort of uh, weird torturing yeah. psychopath, you know, found their way to the throne, I suppose that would that, could, be, that would be what what would happen. Yeah, so, you know. Um, so the other great, you know, uh, psychopathic tyrant. Uh, in history is Ivan the Terrible who's often compared to him yeah. and I, but sometimes the stories get mixed up and people tell Vlad the Impaler stories about Ivan the Terrible and vice right. versa so it might be that some we have to take some of this stuff with a pinch of salt the detail about the birds and the mouse I read could have been just put about by his uh, opponents you, would have, yeah. you know because they thought well being cruel to animals, that's going too that's, far. British people yeah, won't yeah. take that. People... Say what you like about <laughs> impaling women, yeah, but a no. mouse, A mouse, that's, they can't defend themselves. They can't speak for themselves, those little birdies. <laughs> those little sparrows, you've gone too far there, mate. So, yeah, that, so was, just a, that was probably just to turn the Brits against him. <laughs> so, yeah, he did uh, have one last stab at the throne in 1476, but forces were ranging against him. Uh, he had no allies in the Hungarians or the Poles or the Saxons and the Turks. 
Um, they believe he died in battle. Uh, Nobody knows exactly how no, he died or when. No, they found the monks found his body in a marsh, yeah. uh, and um, his head was chopped off. And um, see, I'd want it to be something slower than that. Well, he's dead already. Vlad. He's dead already, Angela. Yeah. Oh, oh well, they chopped yeah. his head off after, after they found, after they the found, body. found, him, found I the thought body. you meant they found the body with the they head. They found his. Uh, they found his body. They chopped the head off and took it to Constantinople. Right. They didn't want to see the whole body. You got to check a bag in. Yeah. Like, Go hand luggage. Hand luggage. Just take the head. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it wasn't unlike what he did when he was uh, um, showing his um, military strength to the king of Hungary. He sent him a bag of noses. Ears, little tidbits, heads, little things of this is for the battlefield we just had. We just had a battle, King of Hungary. Yeah. Here's some souvenirs for you. <laughs> okay. Imagine, but imagine how long it the... took to get there and what state those noses. Oh my and ears god! Were I bet their ears look like little dried apricots. I bet they go, oh, dried a bag of dried apricots, lovely. That's my dad used to call dried yeah. apricots dead babies' ears. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? But you would you would think that some di the diplomat who had to go, there's a present from Vlad. Uh, what's he sent this time? <laughs> yeah, is it? <laughs> You know, a bunch of flowers would have been fine or some liqueur <laughs> chocolates. It's we believe you. You fall. Yeah. Whoa, fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't send us the ears and noses. So, yeah. So he um, died in mysterious circumstances, probably in battle, but they found his body, sent it to Constantinople. Um, but his legend grew. The legend grew uh, and uh, was put into poems. And as I say, the printing press uh, was, you know, getting into gear. And so these poems and sort of uh, accounts of his cruelty went across Europe and lapped up by people like our listeners today yeah. who, are, who are fascinated you, by this. You disgust me, you people. Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, um, there were legends of vampires across Eastern Europe. And so Bram Stoker just took the name Dracula and perhaps the the stake that goes through the heart of the vampire, maybe that comes that from, come from, Vlad. from Vlad. I think that yeah. might be where the Dracula and the Vlad thing overlap. Right. Um, but no bats. No bats. No, no, uh, can't be seen in a mirror. Uh, yeah, no uh, garlic to repel him. No garlic, but the Ottomans uh, just could have taken. Yeah, I mean, garlic then, couldn't they? Yeah, that's right. But just the done. one interesting postscript, which is not really much to do with this, but um, I'm a member of the London Library in St James's Square, and they just went through their collection uh, where and Bram Stoker was a member there ah. uh, in the uh, uh, in the 1890s or whatever. But they f they went through his records mm -hmm. and found the books that he'd taken out at the time he was writing Dracula. And his pencil marks are still in all, they're still in the margin of all these books about Romanian witchcraft and vampires and uh, the history of Vlad the Impaler or whatever. Absolutely. He's written things in the mark. Naughty Bram. Yeah, he was, should have rubbed that out. He was writing in the books at the London Library and they found, they found that he, he um, researched it all uh, with their books. And so I went to see a production. They put the first ever play on at the London Library. They put on a production of a play of Dracula oh, um, wow. because it was in the building that the very books were born. So that was an interesting little sort of postscript that oh, they just discovered uh, just discovered this last year, um, which they're very excited about. And yeah. With good, good reason to see to see the notes still there from a famous writer. I mean, you know, don't write in library yeah, books, Yeah, I'll say don't, don't write. Don't yeah. write in library books. Unless, unless, you're, unless you're going Bram to Stoker. be yeah. certainly a famous writer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, all the books I took out... So I searched I, um, Vlad the Impaler yeah. to research this. And there's the, it's quite hard to find one. And they're all called Dracula. And I think uh, it's because it's a much more groovy, sexy title. People and, yeah, yeah people yeah. get it then. So the publishers go, yeah, we'll, we'll call it Dracula because people want to know about that vampire bloke, even though it's nothing to do with to the vampire do, yeah. bloke. It's just a, it's a better brand. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Hollywood made vampires famous. Yeah, well, I suppose the book originally, but we now have this yeah. very strong image of the 
uh, black and red cloak. I should say the black and red cloak is a true detail. So is it? the Order of the Dragon, which his dad was in, Dreckel, yeah. um, had a black coat with red on it, with red lining, oh. I think. And so that, they have fangs and go, oh, they, oh, no, oh. they don't do that bit, and they don't do <laughs> they don't do crappy carry on parodies either. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, that was one other little detail I picked up that sort of chimed with me with the yeah. Dracula image, but. Uh, now we hear the word Dracula we think something very different now we think Vlad the Impaler he's almost a comedy baddie which is perhaps why we were attracted to him but the more we read about it you read it and go this is grim stuff and uh, you know he was a mass murderer uh, with access to an army and certainly made the most of it when psychopathy 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 meets totalitarianism yes thank you (laughs) don't impale anyone at home kids uh, I'm looking across Angela's desk there. She's got these really fat pencils. They're about two inches wide. Oh, yeah. Looking My very sharp. Got me these for Christmas. Aren't that, they great? This looks like something you might drive through. Uh, you might drive through actually, a vampire's Actually, it does look heart. a bit like a steak. Uh, it looks just like a steak. Well, actually, John. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't do another podcast next week, you know I've been impaled by Angela, who's been inspired by this podcast. I'll tweet a picture of these so you can see <laughs> why you're so frightened right now. <laughs> but uh, I think that's enough about impaling. Uh, enough about Vlad. Um, but we'll um, catch you next time if you've got anything you want to say if you've got any suggestions of things we might cover in the podcast uh, you can send us a little tweeter a tweeter oh dear I'm in my 40s send us a tweet on at we are history pod or find us on Facebook we are history we are history dot dot com net worldwide web net yeah, that's the one i John. should well just done. say that the book <laughs> i the book i got most of that stuff from was dracula a biography of vlad the impaler by radu florescu and raymond t mcnally thank you guys for all your interesting impaling facts yeah we're going to attempt to eat some lunch uh, now if you want to read uh, that's a story to read your kids if they can't get to sleep read them about (laughs) vlad's force feeding of babies to mothers (laughs) till next time cheerio